This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, licensed insolvency trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, after two years of lockdowns and restrictions due to the COVID-19 pandemic, surveys show that Canadians are ready to spend. This new phenomenon is being referred to as revenge spending. Are you feeling it? If so, how do you avoid it becoming a problem for your finances, especially as we head into summer? The time here when many are feeling carefree, including when it comes to spending, of course, vacation plans, kids are out of school. There's all kinds of things going on. So my guest today has advice on that. His podcast is heard across the country and around the globe. He's also focused on providing financial education to the next generation via social media and has mastered his messaging through mediums such as Instagram and TikTok. He offers engaging, all-encompassing personal finance tips on investing, credit cards, debt, real estate, budgeting, and just general financial literacy. To date, he's reached over 46 million people with his content and aims to reach much more. Nate Kennedy, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's a pleasure to be here. I know that you've got so much to share with our listeners today, uh, but before we kind of get started, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got your start in the world of personal finance? And I understand you also have a connection to the province here. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my dad uh, was born and uh, raised in Bay Bulls, Newfoundland. So uh, when uh, I got asked to come on, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I live uh, in Ontario and um, graduated uh, during the pandemic. And, and through university, I, I really became enamored with personal finance just as I, I felt like you know, I wanted to learn about more money myself. So I kind of just went down the rabbit hole online of the different content that's out there and and just really fell in love with it. Um, and then after a few years, I, I wanted to create my own sort of content. Uh, so I started with the podcast, uh, the pandemic hit, I graduated. Uh, and so I wanted to just, you know, all the time in the world. So I decided to triple down on it and started to do content on Instagram, TikTok, uh, and uh, just kept at it. And, um, you know, at the time I was working uh, at PepsiCo. Um, but uh, after after you know a few years of, of working away at it, uh, now it's now it's my full time thing. So that's uh, that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. That's great. And I want to point out that the promo for your podcast states that it's for listeners who want to learn about finances, but don't want to be bored to death in order to learn about it. So I think yeah. that a lot of people, you know, it can be boring, right? We're just reading about personal finance. So can you talk a bit about that and what's your approach to offering financial advice? Yeah, you know, you know, to be very frank, I, my my whole uh, my whole mo with with the show is, and, and any piece of content I do is, is I want the person to feel as if you know we're out getting a drink together, and I'm just telling you like a friend would, right? And and I felt like I, there was a huge gap for that across the different pieces of content. It's, it's very you know stuffy and sort of dry, or or you know it, it didn't really have a little bit of flavor. So I felt like there was an opportunity for me to to bring that. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, it's such an important topic and it's like a, you know, it's like a, you know, uh, high school teacher, you know, the, the favorite high school teacher that, uh, teaches you and, and, uh, you love them and they're entertaining and it makes you excited to learn. I felt like uh, that's what I wanted to be with my content. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people learn better like that, right? When they're talking to someone and it seems like a conversation, right? It feels like it's easier to take it in because you're having a conversation with someone versus, you know, there to study and learn and kind of hanging on, uh, hanging on every word. So let's jump to today's topic, which is revenge spending. So how do people, or I guess, why do you think people are having that urge to splurge, right? Can you tell us a little bit about the phenomenon and, and the reasons behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, everybody is, is cognizant of we were locked down and, and there was this little thing called a pandemic. Uh, and so, you know, we, we naturally, everybody felt like they would come out swinging, so to speak, um, when, when things opened up. And, and that really has continued to happen now. Uh, what people didn't really uh, anticipate is the inflation. Um, I mean, at least, you know, the consumer didn't really anticipate the inflation. And so as, as things start to open up um, and because of all the stimulus in, in the economy uh, and, and really in a lot of uh, major countries, a lot of people had a lot of money to burn, right, more than usual. I mean, uh, household balances look pretty good. Uh, coming into as everything was opening up, people had excess cash, right? And so when you have a lot of excess cash and you've got a lot of pent up demands, you know, you put those two things together, it's like putting, you know, gas on a fire, right? Uh, so uh, the thing is now, though, that things are getting more expensive. Uh, people are developing, you know, spending habits that are a little bit, you know, um, lavish, let's say. Uh, and, and, and as the stimulus and sort of the money is drying up and the inflation is still pretty high, People are continuing to spend, and, and we're seeing that uh, uh, at least there was some uh, data in the States and I think in, in Canada as well around uh, people are going into debt now to spend. Like people are uh, starting to move in that direction. Delinquencies are higher. Uh, you know, uh, it looks like there's just uh, signs of uh, uh, more debt being taken on to, to sort of um, – you know, continue that trend, and then uh, people are justifying it, saying that they lost two years of their life, and so it's kind of a, it's kind of a vicious cycle there, uh, and so it's definitely something to keep uh, keep an eye on. No, absolutely. And, it, you know, surveys and statistics do show that it's happening, right? The most recent RBC Consumer Spending Tracker released earlier this month shows that consumer spending is continuing to grow despite pressures many are feeling due to soaring inflation and rising interest rates. Spending in categories that have been hardest hit during the worst days of the pandemic with travel and hospitality are all at year highs based on the latest stats. So inflation pressures haven't taken a bite out of restaurant visits. They're still up almost 33%. Spending at hotels spiked to just over 25%, which is much above the pre-COVID 2019 levels and the highest level so far this year. Inflation hasn't undermined spending on food at home either, up 10% above pre-COVID in 2019. Another signal consumers are feeling a need to get out and about. Spending on local tourism jumped last month by almost 39% nationally, and tourism spending abroad also increased, although it does remain below pre-pandemic levels. So retailers are seeing a boost in sales right now. Consumer spending was up in Q1 and expected to continue to grow. So among the items purchased most most are clothing, home decor, and electronics. So Nate, are you surprised to see these statistics and should we be concerned about the spending behavior we're seeing in the so-called revenge spending? 
Yeah, you know, I I am actually a little bit surprised because, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to a few companies even. Uh, I think Chipotle had their earnings call. Chipotle, you know, is, is one of those, you know, sort of staples, at least in, in the U.S. and and, uh, and, and Ontario. I'm not really sure where else. They're probably in D.C. Um, but they have thousands and thousands of stores globally. And, and you know, they. I remember him distinctly saying first that uh, he just keeps – like they're raising their prices 10, 15, 20%, and consumer demand hasn't wavered at all. Uh, and then you started to hear that more in, in consumer packaged goods companies like uh, PepsiCo and Procter and & Gamble. And so, you know, when you see companies literally saying that they are increasing their prices significantly and and demand is still, you know, strong, um, that is when I was like, wow, I, I thought, you know, typically in economics, like as you raise the price demand, uh, you know, lowers, right? And so, uh, I, I do think it's it's probably due to the excess cash that people have that households have, um, and uh, at the end of the day, it's it's yes, it's definitely concerning for for policymakers and uh, for for those folks who who need to sort of uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, just with respect to you know your own personal budget and everything like that, you just have to be mindful uh, around your spending, and you know definitely could go over tips uh, around that. For sure. I mean, inflation's at a 30-year high, right? The cost of everything is going up. When we hear it in the media, we've done a, a show on it here as well. Um, you know, it is it is important for people to really be mindful. I mean, it's great that people are out seeing each other again and sort of life is getting back to normal. You know, I've been at a couple of conferences over the last couple of weeks in, in Toronto and the airports are packed with people. The flights have been full. Um, all the flights have been on have been absolutely full. So it is good to see people getting out and back to normal, but there are warning signs, right, that people should be aware of when it comes to spending and making sure that it's not creating other problems for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that. So tell me what people should be keeping an eye out for when it comes to their spending to make sure it's not causing other problems for their financial health. Yeah, I think firstly, you know, you have to, it all starts with setting it up and, and creating a system around um, your, your, your money, right? And so, you know, I, I think uh, there's, it's, I, I want everybody to go out and have a fantastic summer. I feel like this will be the first summer and uh, that's, uh, you know, we'll really have. 2021 was a little bit in and out and 2020 obviously wasn't. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good thing to go out and enjoy yourself. I, I think patios are going to be slammed, airports are going to continue to be busy and, and that's a good thing. Uh, but I always say with finances, you have your cake and eat it too, right? It, it's all about structuring and, um, you know, if you set up, you know, set amount to, to save or set a, a set amount to put away and invest and things like that, and you have a set amount to to splurge on and to whatever. It's it's just it's just about being mindful around your money and and there's you know a lot of people are very you know extreme in this topic. It's like well if I save then I can't enjoy myself. It's like absolutely not. You can. You just have to put in you know the hours worth of work per month, maybe maybe even thirty minutes per month just to keep an eye on things, make sure things are. Your, you know, your I's are dotted, T's are crossed in terms of your finances. And, and then you can go out and enjoy yourself and, and not have to worry about, uh, uh, you know, next month's uh, budget and everything like that. Yeah, it's all about, like you said, being mindful. And we do know surveys show that people are ready to spend this summer. So we're going to talk about that and some advice on how you can do it smartly when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com.
Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Nate Kennedy. He's a personal finance creator and host of the New Money podcast. So, Nate, after two years of confinement due to the COVID pandemic, surveys show that there's pent-up demand for consumers to spend. That urge to splurge is a new phenomenon known as revenge spending. And as you heard before the break, according to the latest consumer spending statistics, Canadians, including those at home in Newfoundland and Labrador, are experiencing it. We're seeing increased spending on pretty much everything, from dining out to travel to electronics to clothing. And there's concerns that we could see spending increase even more now that summer's on. its way. So surveys show that consumers spend more during the summer months. People tend to get out and about during the summer months. Just think of the patio gatherings that you see down on George Street, for example, not to mention the backyard patio parties and entertaining that takes place over the summer months. You often hear about those carefree days of summer, right? Well, that sums up to consumer behavior. The vacation attitude of summer can house shoppers feeling more relaxed and more likely to make purchases without as much research or consideration. There appears to be more impulse bond during that time of year. And we also know this time of year that many people plan home and backyard renovations and improvements. So surveys show Canadians are ready to spend the summer, as we said, and, and travel is a big part of their plans. A recent survey uh, by Ipsos for Toyota Canada shows that three quarters of Canadians are ready or likely to travel outside their municipality, and nearly half at 43% plan to leave their home province. This may be good news for Newfoundland and Labrador, of course, as we have celebrate come home year. And one quarter at 24% plan to travel abroad. That percentage is higher among Ontarians at 28%. Another recent survey shows that nearly one-third of Canadians are planning to spend more money on experiences in the coming months than they did a year ago. Outdoor recreation, leisure, travel, and socializing are, are the areas where Canadians plan to spend the most. A survey by Expedia earlier this year showed that two-thirds of Canadians are planning a no-regrets type of adventure. Four in ten say they are seeking contentment and mental well-being out of a trip, and one-third are seeking gratification and excitement from their trip. Polls prove there's much more buzz in the air this year as people are excited to reconnect with their water circle family and friends and to once again enjoy a larger scale summer event like concerts, festivals and sporting events. So Nate, there's a lot of statistics there, but all of them show what we've been talking about, right? People want to get back out there. They want to start seeing people. They want to start traveling, experiencing life again. And it is going to lead to increased spending. So let's start with the summer spending survey. Are you surprised by these results at all? No, I'm not. I'm not really surprised. But the one that really stuck out to me is the the no regret one, um, and, that, and that's sort of what we were talking about before the break in terms of how extreme people are on this topic. It's like I'm not holding back at all. I'm spending everything, right? It's it's just like this total total you know absolute investment into uh you know the enjoyment and every, you know absolutely it's a, it's a good thing and generally speaking it's um you know it's 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 it leads to i guess technically more happiness to spend money on experiences as opposed to you know physical products or uh things so to speak but i think again i i, I believe that you can eat your have your cake and eat it too um you know through automation right setting up a, a set amount of 200 300 or 500 dollars a month automatically go towards your savings account or your investment account uh and you treat your savings and, and your your investments like a bill um and you tr- and you automate all your other bills 
your, you know, your actual, your water, you know, your hydro bill, uh, and uh, you know, your your phone bill and everything else, and and your finances slowly become a, a system um, where money's going where it needs to go, and so you don't really have to worry about uh, you know spending that much because everything's already taken care of, so you can have guilt-free money to go out and spend it all. And, and yes, you can go out and have that sort of no regrets approach, but ultimately the money's already been saved. The money's already, you know, all your bills have been paid and now you can enjoy your money guilt free. And that's what I always talk about. It's like, once you get that system going, you can have your cake and eat it too. It's all about planning, right? And I love the way you put it in the first segment about being mindful about your spending. Like some people hate the word budgeting and sometimes on the show I'll say the B word because, you know, people hate to hear the word, hear the word budgeting, but it's really about being mindful about your cash flow, right? And ensuring that you are planning ahead to be able to do the things you want to do and aren't feeling guilty or bad about it after the fact, because now maybe you do have yourself in some debt that you're finding it hard to, to get out of. So as much as people want to be carefree this summer, it really is important to plan ahead, right? And not just willy-nilly start uh, spending money that they don't have or increase debt in order to do so, especially if it's debt that they're going to have uh, trouble repaying in a reasonable period of time. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, and I think it's just, you know, there was a lot of statistics around this too, uh, you know, pre-pandemic around people, you know, sort of justifying experiences um, and, and, and products and things like that through, you know, happiness. I mean, uh, you know, you talked about the gratification that people are looking for. And listen, going on a great trip with friends is, you know, a lifelong memory. And I, and I absolutely think that you, you will get some contentment around that. But it, it is somewhat fleeting if it's at the expense of, you know, your, your money. And, and, and if it's, you know, if, it's, if it has a 19.99 interest rate uh, attacked onto it that you haven't touched in four or five months, right? So I think, I think there's just, we just need to, like you said, like we were saying, like be mindful around that and balance that. Um, but again, if you set up the system uh, around your money, you, you put in the time, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes a month, once you get things going, um, you can be confident that you can go out and enjoy and create those uh, experiences and, and, and memories and do all of those things while making sure that uh, your money is in order as well. Yeah, and being cautious around summer spending, it is important because it is there is so much more going on. And I think this year maybe more than other years because it's maybe the first summer for many where they're feeling comfortable and confident that they can get out and see friends and family, that the, the health risks have, uh, have come down quite a bit. But we also know that Canadians are currently carrying record household debt. I remember being last year we were talking about record debt levels at, you know, a dollar seventy nine per per dollar earned. And right now the average household is carrying a dollar eighty six in debt for every dollar that they earn. So, you know, we talk about records and now this record seems to be getting higher and higher. So we're seeing a rise in credit card use as well and Canadians turning to lines of credit to make ends meet. And, you know, I hate to see people use credit cards to your point. It's 19.99% interest in many cases um, to, to supplement their income or to, to do things that they, they want to do like summer vacations. It's not that you can't do it. You just need to be mindful and sure whatever you're putting on your card, you're going to be able to pay it off anywhere in one to three months so that you're not incurring a significant amount of interest charges. 
the other thing that I, I think people need to be mindful of, I'm seeing more and more ads on TV, Nate. I don't know if you, you're seeing the same, but, you know, with people offering low interest lines of credit or loans, consolidation loans and stuff like that, like online providers where you can apply online to pay off your credit card debt. And that's great uh, as long as you're going to cancel those credit cards and not continue to use them once you've consolidated into a lower interest loan. So there's all kinds of things that you want to be mindful of. We're also starting to see month over month increases in consumer insolvencies, something we haven't seen since before the pandemic. So how concerning are these statistics? Like $1.86 in debt for every dollar earned, that is not an insignificant number. So what is your advice to those listings who are struggling financially? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is uh, concerning. Uh, those are con- concerning statistics, and um, it's always tough. Consumer consumer debts, you know, it's it's uh, it, it is it is uh, you know tough because I think I'm a big you know I'm not like Dave Ramsey where I say no debt debt is bad. You know, there's I think there's productive uses of debt. You know, um, you know, for you could use it to, as a, as an investment vehicle in terms of helping you you know invest in, in real estate and you know getting a mortgage. Uh, you know, you could, it could help you uh, go to school, get an education. There are productive uses of debt. Um, and I think I don't want to demean anybody who, who wants to go to the trip and they, they want to do, they don't have the money saved up, but they really want to go. And they've been waiting so long. I, I completely empathize uh, with that. But ultimately, you know, consumer debt, generally speaking, is, is quite harmful uh, for, for most people. Uh, you know, uh, getting store credit cards, um, you know, to save 10 bucks, but then you start using it and then you forget about it. You know, there's a lot of those sorts of stories. Um, and, you know, uh, the economy has a way of enabling people to spend. I mean, that's, that is how the economy runs, but it, it's a very slippery slope. And so it, it, if someone is struggling or is in that position, it just starts with taking it one step at a time. I mean, um, you know, I'm a big proponent in, in the debt snowball. And, you know, to talk about Dave Ramsey, I think he actually coined the term. And, uh, you know, logically, if you have several lines of credit um, and, you know, you have varying interest rates and varying amounts, you'd think that you would tackle the one with the highest interest rate first. But, uh, you know, several studies have shown that uh, most successful people, when they pay down their debt, if they have several different uh, pieces, and they're not using a consolidation loan, is that they tackle the smallest uh, debt amount first, regardless of the interest rate. Uh, Because once they knock that off, they feel more motivated, they feel more confident, they feel like they've made progress, and they're more likely to continue uh, to, to pay down their debts as opposed to somebody who's tackling, you know, a much larger sum. And yes, the interest rate is higher and they're making their minimum payments on everything else, but it's demoralizing and it's, uh, you know, it's really demotivating when when you're you're paying every month, every single month, and it's just not moving. And so that's why I think that that study is, uh, those studies are are, are correct is because I found the same thing with me when I was, you know, paying down uh, student debt and and, uh, and credit card debt early on when, when I was just learning about this stuff and I realized that, I should, probably shouldn't be carrying a balance on my credit card. Uh, I found that just taking the small steps and 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 uh, really optimizing for my psychology as opposed to what you would logically think to do uh, was was uh, was a big big help for me. And, and I think it, it's probably the right way to go for a lot of folks. 
Yeah, it really depends on what your motivation is, right? And what's going to keep you motivated to continue down that path of becoming debt-free. And I always warn people, you know, if you're making all your payments every month, but you can only afford the minimum payment, you are actually financially struggling because you're not seeing any decreasing your debt overall, right? You're simply paying interest month after month after month. So if you're feeling stressed about your finances and keeping up financially, you know, we know inflation is at a record high. We're going to have some advice when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money with BDO. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Nate Kennedy. He's a personal finance creator, social media influencer, and host of the New Money podcast. So, Nate, we're talking about post-pandemic revenge spending. You know, it is a real thing. We are seeing people spend more. Uh, They really want to get back out and start enjoying life again. But with inflation, rising interest rates, it's really important that they're mindful about their their spending, right? And really looking at their cash flow, not getting themselves into debt that they can't afford uh, to repay. But with summer on its way, it's important that consumers are aware and are cautious about their spending. We don't want people to be paying too much for summer fun, especially long after summer ends, right? So as you heard in the last segment, consumers are planning to spend this summer. And we know most of the things people like to do over the summer months, like hit the open roads, stay in hotels, taking concerts, dine out with friends. You know, even backyard barbecues can add up with uh, with inflation soaring the way that it is. So Nate, what advice do you have for listeners when it comes to enjoying the summer season without blowing their budget? Yeah, I, I think it's it's um, uh, really related to what we've been talking about in terms of just uh, being mindful around money. And I think, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I just think that you can you can structure it in a way where you can go out to those backyard uh, barbecues and, and go out and, and enjoy yourself. Um, and and I, I know the temptation. I mean, I was I was in uh, New York last week for a conference, and you know, even me, like I'm I'm down there. You know, I'm enjoying first time down there. I mean, you know, I'm I'm the most frugal guy on the planet, and I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to spend. Like I just wanted to go and do everything. And, you know, it's just it's so pent up. So I, I totally understand uh, where folks are coming from. But you know, I I definitely planned before I went on the trip, uh, made sure I had a look at you know what I'm prepared to spend, uh, mentally prepared myself for what I was going to spend structured it around that and and i always like to add sort of like a a fudge ratio of sorts so let's say i think i'm gonna spend you know a thousand dollars on a trip then you know uh, let's let's budget for 1500 right let's 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 be conservative let's assume that i go overboard um and, and be conservative in that sense and then how do those numbers look Right, because a lot of times our spending is, you know, it, it's not what we think it's going to be, right? We, we go into something, we spend, we, we look back at it, and we can't believe we spent that, right? And that's just human nature. Uh, you know, you get caught up in the moment and different things, drinks are flowing, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, but it, it does it does matter uh, that, you, that you have sort of a, a plan. And, and I really do uh, believe in that sort of um, budgeting uh, and, and that margin for error and budgeting around that as opposed to what you think you'll spend and that's been a really good tip for me especially with uh different experiences and and uh you know again i i feel every bit of the excitement that everybody else is feeling yeah and i think it's a good point right so oftentimes people will plan i've got this much budget for my trip and they've allocated different things but 
I doubt there's many people out there that revisit that budget while they're on their trip, right? To see where they are, where their spending is landing for the the areas that they've accounted for, right? Because I talk about that a lot uh, with holiday spending, right? Here's your list. What this is how much you're going to spend on gifts for different people, and revisiting it to make sure that you're staying within. And I would give the same advice for vacation, but who wants to spend their vacation revisiting their budget, right? So if you're planning for some of those overages or spending more time doing some research, I guess, on exactly how how, uh, much things may cost while you're out and about doing things, it'll be more helpful, right? And you won't need to stress about where you are in your budget while you're actually out there doing it. So how can people avoid overspending? this summer, right? There are ways that you can avoid overspending and reduce your, your summer costs. So for example, you know, if people are planning summer vacation, if they're planning on traveling somewhere by air, for example, there are off-peak times when you actually can get a lower priced fare. So if you're booking early mornings, late at night or midweek, you want to avoid flying on the weekends because the prices tend to be higher. So really look at, you know, if you're if you're planning to travel, where can you save a few dollars by taking a a different flight and book far enough in advance as as possible. So what other tips do you have, uh, Nate, for people on how they can avoid overspending and really reducing their their travel expenses? Yeah, for sure. So I I think with... when you when you when you have automated savings and automated investments, I, I think it's impossible for you to actually overspend because you've already saved, right? You've already you've already paid yourself first, right? You've already done one of the most important things in, in finances, making sure that you're saving for tomorrow, right? Um, so that that's and, and obviously with bills and things like that. So that's number one. I definitely am a big proponent in that. And even starting small, you know, if it's fifty, a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars, just setting that aside to a you know a high interest savings account or a TFSA or et cetera. Uh, I think that's that's a really good start because you can't over you know you can't overspend quote unquote if if that happens. I, I definitely think there's other crafty things that you can do. I mean, I saw this thing online where you know uh, you Google flights. You know, if you don't have a specific preference uh, of the day in mind, you can go on Google flights and they they can actually source some really awesome deals. And so maybe you want to fly out on a Friday, but you see the Thursday or, or something like that is a hundred dollars cheaper. Well. It's not really that big of a that big of a deal. You got the week off, and 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 you just saved a hundred bucks. I think that was a, a good tip that I saw around traveling. And there are other crafty tips that you can you can look up online. I mean, you do ten minutes of research and just Google around. You know, there's a ton of blogs, YouTube videos, uh, different pieces of content that can really help you. You know, be 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 frugal around your traveling, and and still your happiness level, you know, isn't isn't uh, you know taken down by that. I mean, I think people have this idea of the more spending they do, the more happy they'll be, and and you know, if they're, if they're frugal, they'll be less happy. And it's completely wrong. I mean, it's just you can pick your spots and still maintain your happiness level. All right, so that's the trade-off that that that's a, it's a trade-off fallacy that people think uh that if they if, they, if they're frugal or you know they're, they're they're mining their money they're not going to enjoy themselves as much it's it's absolutely it's actually the opposite right because if you if you don't mind your money and you're, and you're just spending spending you're going to come back and it's going to be like a hangover and you, you don't want to hangover right so just just trying to think a little bit ahead uh can really go a long way no, absolutely. And, you know, you're right. You don't want to come home from vacation and then 
feel like you didn't go on vacation because you're so stressed about the money that you spent and how you're going to uh, pay it back if you incurred debt to do so. So planning ahead is really important. And, you know, you can have a lot of fun without going over your budget to your point, right? So something as simple as, you know, looking at a hotel that has a little kitchenette or, you know, most rooms at a minimum are going to have a little bar fridge, right? So you can pick up some things for breakfast or some things to, to make a sandwich so that you're not eating out three meals a day. That's going to save you a lot of money in, in the long run. Most hotels are going to have a, a coffee set up in the room and, and that kind of thing. But it doesn't necessarily, even though everyone really wants to get back out and, and travel again, and, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that we are able to do that and we're in a position now where that's possible, but don't rule out staycations either, right? I mean, still visiting your own home province, there's lots to see and do here in Newfoundland and Labrador. It's come home here. There's going to be lots of events taking place. So that would save you the, the cost of a flight. And if you're looking at, you know, backyard barbecues and things like that, it doesn't mean that you need to invite all your friends over and foot the bill for everyone, right? You could have a potluck. Everyone brings something. Everything contrib- Everyone contributes to the time that, that people are having. So, Nate, what are some other things that people can be doing here at home outside of travel that could help them save money? So, you know, we talked about the, the potluck, maybe canceling your cable subscription if you're going to be spending more time outside. What, what are some other things that you could uh, tell our listeners? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, re-looking at uh, what you're spending your money on. I mean, you know, we all have, you know, five, six, seven different streaming services that we, we were using because of the uh, <laughs> the pandemic, right? And, and so maybe you're not going to be watching as much Disney Plus or, or Hulu or, or, you know, even even TSN or, or your cable, similar to what uh, we're saying here. So I, I maybe re-look at that because you're going to be out and about and you're not going to be as bored, right? And there might be other services. Sort of areas in your budget where you know it made sense where the dollars were going um you know let's let call it a peloton subscription right maybe you haven't used your peloton maybe you want to just sell that on kijiji or something like that and because you're going to go back into the gym and you're not going to be reusing it as much um these little sort of expenses that we've been sort of we, we took on even though we did have a lot of stimulus you know the serve and things like that um but you know i, I think uh that ultimately you know there are things that you can do and have a look at and that don't might have made sense in 2020 2021 that probably don't make sense for what you're doing right now um and and it could add up to 100 200 300 in savings uh, that you could use you know i would say invest it but you know if you want to if you want to spend that that's that, that, fair enough you know as long as you got a plan around it but uh really re-looking at everything because the world is changing your behavior is probably changing significantly and and so your budget should probably change with it. No, absolutely. And I think sometimes people, to your point, sign up for a lot of these subscription plans because we were all home. We were looking for things to do. And maybe it's easy when these things are just coming out of your bank account every month. It's, it's almost easy to forget that they're there. Right, and that you haven't used them, but you're still paying for them, unless you're someone who reviews your bank charges uh, regularly. So having a look at what subscriptions you're actually paying for each month, what's hitting your credit card or what's hitting your your bank account that maybe you can cut back on, even if it's just for the summer, or may, you might even find stuff that you don't need going forward at all that can save you a few dollars, right? Because every dollar counts. So Nate has some advice on avoiding summer FOMO when we come back. Please stay with us. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland, Labrador. My guest today is Nate Kennedy. He's a personal finance creator, a social media influencer, and host of the New Money Podcast. So, Nate, we're talking about the pent-up demand for consumers to spend post-pandemic and the phenomenon known as revenge spending. And with summer on its way, there is concern that people may continue to revenge spend and maybe even overspend, especially when we consider soaring inflation and rising interest rates. But before the break, we talked about the importance of summer spending budget and offered some great advice for our listeners on how you really can save costs and make sure that you're you're really um, being mindful about how you're planning and spending for your vacation and continuing to do so while you're on vacation. But the reality is sticking to a budget can be a challenge, right? It's a challenge for most people. And especially in this day of social media when, you know, people see what their friends and family are doing on social media because we all know, right, social media, you post the best of the best. Very few people are posting the regular things that they're doing. It's all about the great things that they're doing. And it creates this Mm -hmm. FOMO, right, the fear of missing out. So what's your advice for managing this? And, And how do listeners really avoid the fear of missing out during this summer? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that's a very real phenomenon, and um, you you know you see you see the stories and the places that people are going, and it just it really it really does motivate you um, in in good ways and bad ways to go out and and spend a whole bunch of money. Um, and you know it's something that I I'm I'm definitely familiar with with what I do. I mean I'm on it all the time, so I, I do see that stuff. But ultimately, you know I think there's. You need to, it's all about being mindful around that and, and asking yourself, do I really want to go on a trip or did I just see somebody on a patio or, you know, is, is, is this what I really want to do? And, and absolutely, you can go ahead and there's, like we've been talking about for the, for the whole segment here, like there's, there's nothing wrong. In fact, I encourage people to go out and enjoy themselves. I mean, what a, what a past two years it's been for every, every human, really. Um, and so, you know, I, I encourage people to do that. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, sometimes limiting uh, your your social, uh, you know, coming from me, it sounds weird, but limiting your social media consumption around just all the different experiences that all the different people are doing. I mean, you know, I, maybe maybe changing your feed, maybe looking at more educational content or something along those lines. Um, but I think the best way to address FOMO, I mean, in, in general, is to really ask yourself the tough questions and ask yourself, well, is this, what, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? How do I want to enjoy my time and, and try to really, you know, get more introspective in that sense. And if that's go out to a patio with friends, that's fantastic. If, if it's stay at home, you know, there's no pressure to do anything, right? Just because everybody's going out and everybody's doing these things, nobody's coming and knocking on your door, well, in most cases, and telling you that you have to do this and you have to do that. So you've got a lot of uh, choice there. And if you want to stay and if you want to do the backyard barbecue and, you, and you're cozy and you really, you know, you're more introverted and you really enjoyed the time over the past few years, then there's no pressure to go out to these different events and people sort of edging, you you know, pushing you and trying to do that. Like not everybody is actually, you know, counter to what we were saying. Not every single person is going out like crazy. Maybe they've really become accustomed to the more uh, cozy uh, lifestyle, right? So there's no pressure to do anything. If you want to do it, you can uh, have a plan around that and, and just go from there. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's, it's all about creating experiences, right? But those experiences don't need to cost a lot of money. And they don't even have to mean going out um, outside your home, right? It's about creating experiences with your friends and family, time that you're going to enjoy together, building memories, et cetera, right? So um, it, it's not necessarily about 
like spending money, right, and and spending outside of your means. So for parents who, you know, summertime may they may feel a lot of pressure, right, to entertain their kids. There's probably more activities and summer camps and stuff like that that they have to pay for. So, you know, kids are also on social media, right? They're seeing what their their friends and, and families are are doing. So what advice do you have for parents to make sure that, um, you know, they're planning smartly around things for their kids and not necessarily feeling the pressure around the fear of missing out for their kids and what they're seeing on social media? Yeah, and that's 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 incredibly difficult, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's one thing to 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 make conscious decisions around yourself, but you, you know, I, I I'm not a parent, but I'd imagine as a parent, you never feel you never want to feel like you're you're holding back on your kid or you're you're not you know you're, you're having them miss out on something that they should that they really have missed out on. I mean, kids, I, I would say, arguably, have, have, have got hit the hardest with with just not being able to see their friends in in such a developmental time in their life. Depending Depending on how old they are, uh, that social interaction is everything, right? And uh, it's tough. I mean, you know, I felt it a little bit with my, you know, I didn't have a graduation for university, and I, I'm not that sentimental around stuff like that. But uh, it would be nice, right? You know, some some people didn't have prom, some kids didn't, uh, you know, have their final year of hockey, or, or some, you know, kids didn't, uh, you know, they made the AAA team, let's say, and, and they they weren't able to to, to go on or things. Just it's story after story after story there, and so that's that's really part of the revenge in terms of that can really enable parents to want to just splurge on their kids. And I think, again, it just sort of comes back to this idea of like, your kid's going to be happy if he's just out of the house. And, you know, it doesn't take that much for a kid to be happy, right? You don't have to spend gobs and gobs of money around it. Um, you know, they, they don't know the difference. So as long as you're making sure that uh, they're, they're enjoying themselves, um, they don't know if you spent $100 or $10,000 and trying to keep that in mind as you as you uh, plan for their uh, different trips and different things. If it's one day campus to the other, you know, pick the cheaper one. The kid's probably going to have a great time regardless. Things like that. Um, you do not have to spend a ton of money uh, to, to make your kid happy. Absolutely. And you can look for teaching moments too, right? Because it's so important that we're building those financial literacy skill sets in our kids as they grow up, right? Because there's not a lot of teaching around that in the school system. So you want to look, make sure you're looking for those teachable moments with your kids and setting good financial habits, right? That they can uh, then grow up with as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's incredibly important. Um, uh, and, and it's something that is, is really awesome. I mean, I saw this commercial, um, this company called Mido. It, it's, it's, uh, it's an app that's basically helping parents teach uh, teach the children about money and in it in a, in a gamifies it in the sense that uh, it's like this basically an app to, you know, they get paid for doing their chores and it teaches them how to budget and it teaches them all these different things. So there's all these new applications uh, and tech that's coming out that actually is addressing the, the financial literacy issue uh, and, and uh, the education around it. And so looking for those different resources online, I mean, uh, is, is a fantastic way to, to sort of enable that learning. Absolutely. And it's how kids, a lot of kids at least, uh, want to be engaged, right? It's through uh, apps that they can have on their phone or tablet or whatever the case may be. So that's a really great idea. So, Nate, I want to thank you again for taking the time to join me here on the show. And we've got some time now for some final thoughts. So what's a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely think that I, I, I'd like just to underscore that budgeting and money management has such a stigma and, you know, stink around it, I would even say, um, you know, and it just seems like such a such a task that you don't want to do. And it's a lot of work and it's daunting and it's you feel like you're micromanaging and you're it's at the expense of your happiness. And I just think all of those things are incorrect. Uh, once you boil it down, like I've been saying, it literally takes, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes a month to manage your money. And, you know, you spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week making the money. I think you can spend five, 10, 15 minutes a month managing it, right? I mean, it's it's crazy. And once, once you boil it down, but people do think, or they have this sort of idea in their mind that managing their money is, is you gotta be in the spreadsheet, the Excel spreadsheet for an hour every Sunday. Like, that's not what it is. I mean, there are those people. Uh, I'd argue that the, it does not have, it's completely excessive. Like you, you can set up similar to what we're talking about with the different applications. Uh, Mint is a really good one. That's one of the one I use. Uh, QuickBooks, I use that for my business. It, it, it really helps me manage my money, have a quick look, make sure I'm doing okay. Oh, I spent a little bit too much on food this month. Let's dial that back a bit. Oh, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't, uh, didn't, you know, I've got a little bit excess spending budget uh, on, on some clothes and maybe I'll pick up a shirt. Like it's like a quick, for me, it's like five minutes, right? Like I just have a quick look, boom, 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 good to go. And then I go out and enjoy my life and I can know that I'm still enjoying myself, money's taken care of, and I'm not putting a huge investment of time. And so that's the, that's the payoff. I mean, you're going to have to do a, lot, a little bit more work at, when you're starting up. Um, but you really can't unlock this 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 awesome sort of system uh, if you if you do put the work up up front and all the things around budgeting and money management that you might think are true are actually not. It's quite uh, simple once you boil it down. And and I definitely think you can still be just as happy. I'd argue more happy when your money is taken care of. No, absolutely. It takes away the stress, right? I mean, I I I know I see every day the the financial uh, burden, like the stress that it, it causes people, right? Things anxiety, the lack of sleep. Uh, I can't tell you how many clients after coming in for an initial consultation say I may actually get some sleep tonight because they know they've got a path forward. So the stress is real, right? The anxiety is real around um, finances. So if you are being mindful about your spending and, and you really are, you know, utilizing whatever works for you, whether it's envelopes, pen and paper, Excel, applications uh, like mint.com, like you, like you said, those are really great systems. Your bank can even help you with uh, some uh, tools and stuff that they have on their own website. So it's about finding what works for you so that you can de-stress uh, your money and your finances. So Nate, if people wanted to reach out and connect with you, follow you on social media or listen to your podcast, What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm, uh, you know, the show's New Money with uh, Nathan Kennedy. That's on uh, everywhere you go to any podcast. And then uh, Instagram's probably the best way to message me. I answer every direct message. Uh, I'm, I'm at New Money Nate underscore on Instagram. Uh, feel free to shoot me a message, say hi, say what's up. I, like I said, I answer every single one. Um, I'm also on TikTok at New Money Nate, uh, on YouTube at uh, Nathan Kennedy. Uh, and uh, yeah, those are the channels. Uh, I'd love to hear from anybody who has any questions around anything. Um, uh, and it's it's been uh, it's been a pleasure to to be here, and I and I really appreciate the time, Nancy.
Great. Thanks again, Nate. And for our listeners out there, if you're struggling with your finances, not really sure how to uh, handle the debt that you're carrying right now, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, If you have a comment or question or a topic that you'd like me to talk about here on Your Money, email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Sneddon. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.